Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. It is Saturday, January 23rd, 2021. I am Andrew Hansen alongside Shane Caldwell. And it's Championship Sunday, Shane. We only have three games left in this NFL season. Two of them tomorrow. And they feature two of the greatest quarterbacks of all time and two of the greatest young quarterbacks in the NFL right now. I am fired up for this two-game slate. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm loving this slate because, I mean, I love Championship Sunday. I mean, the teams have so much to play for for the right to play in the Super Bowl. And then you combine that with great matchup, you know, the Battle of the Bays there in Green Bay, and you have two of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. So, really, you can't take that for granted, being able to watch two of the greatest of all time battle in this type of game, in this type of environment. And then if you look at young, talented, uh, you know, quarterbacks uh you know it starts with Mahomes and now Josh Allen in the second game you know with Buffalo getting back to the AFC championship for the first time in you know several decades now so it's it's exciting that everything uh, the dynamics and everything involved with this but I mean these quarterback matchups and the amount of stars in these matchups and so much on the line I mean this is going to be an awesome slate so we're fired up for it yeah we really are and hopefully everybody will stay healthy you know, it, last week, it feels like it was about six weeks ago, but that last slate, I had a lot of Mahomes, and I did oh. not enjoy seeing him get concussed and leave early because yeah. he, he was rolling, and, uh, you know, when you lose, you, you miss out on cashing by just a hair, and your your, your pay-up quarterback doesn't get to play the full game. It's it's rough, and and then from the, from the vantage point of just enjoying the games. So that's oh, what yeah. I'm hoping for this week is if we just get everybody healthy, play a full game, we could have two classic battles here. Yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see, you know, how healthy Mahomes is. We don't really know in terms of that toe. We'll talk about that when we talk about the second game. But, yeah, that'll be interesting. I think he's, he's going to be okay, but I don't know. You hear about toe, turf toe injuries and those type of things and how they affect, uh, you know, quarterbacks and p- skill positions. It's, that's a little iffy there. Absolutely. So that's true. We will get to that in game two. We'll go uh, in order here with the kickoff. And, of course, it is the Battle of the Bays at, at 3.05 Eastern as Tampa Bay goes into Lambeau. And right now on betus.com.pa, uh, they are our presenting sponsor, Green Bay favored by 3.5 over under 52. And game two, very similar. The Chiefs uh, on their home field favored by 3 with an over under 54.5. So, so pretty balanced here, Shane. And, you know, in terms of the weather, Looks like we may get some snow overnight in Green Bay, but should be clear by game time. Uh, kind of normal temperatures up there, mid-20s, not too windy. So I think it'll be pretty solid playing conditions. You may see a little bit of snow around the field, but I, I think the the playing surface will be good to go so these guys can uh, you know work on that uh, passing game. So uh, in terms of the injuries here uh, on Championship Sunday on the Tampa Bay side, of course, we've got Antonio Brown out. And then Green Bay is missing their tackle back to Yari. So other than that, uh, these teams are pretty healthy. Why don't you start with game one here and give us a feel for how you think it's going to play out? Yeah, I mean, uh, I you know, I think this is an interesting matchup. I think Green Bay is a favorite for, for the reason. I mean, Green Bay is really hot right now. Tampa Bay is finally starting to play good as well. Um, you know, I think it, it comes down to me. Uh, I, I don't know if I love the Tampa Bay passing game. I think that I'd like a couple of their wide receivers, but as I've discussed the last few weeks, I think Green Bay is pretty good at 
combining their coverage and their pass rush here. So, and Tom Brady is great at picking thing, you know, picking it apart. But I just think that the the type of coverage that Green Bay runs in their pass rush, it's going to cause problems for uh, Tom Brady. He's down one of his, you know, better receivers, Antonio Brown. Um, that less weapons and um, you know they can you know the the coverage dilemma every week when they play Green Bay who's Jair Alexander going to cover if they're just lining up on their sides then Mike Evans for example will will avoid some of Jair Alexander so we don't really know what they're going to do there you would think they would just shadow Mike Evans with Jair Alexander but they haven't done that a lot this year and Mike Evans has a huge size advantage over him, but Alexander has been tough all year on coverage. So that's the tricky part. But I think Mike Evans is going to see a lot of Alexander. If he, if he avoids him though, and lines up in the slot or, or they're just playing sides, then Mike Evans could have a huge game here. So Mike Evans is in play, but I'm a little nervous. And I think like a lot of people breaking out this matchup, you got to probably prefer God when he's mostly in the slot. And uh, Green Bay has been pretty decent in the slot uh, uh, to opposing wide receivers, but I just feel like Godwin's going to be a target monster, and there's going to be so many targets uh, uh, funneled to him, and he's a he's their best playmaker, you know, outside of Mike Evans here. So I just think the matchup and the uh, situation for Godwin with Antonio Brown uh, being out, I think Godwin's the, the best play here. Um, and then. Uh, if you're trying to go value, I mean, they're going to have, you know, probably Tyler Johnson out there and also Scotty Miller. But I don't know if I'm going to be involved with those guys too much because, again, they're going to be facing pretty tough coverage. They might have Alexander on them, some of the uh, snaps there. And I just think that the targets are going to be funneled to Mike Evans and Godwin so much that I don't know if I want to hit those value guys. But they are minimal price, so it only takes a few big plays for them. Um, and then the, the and then the other thing that I can look at in the passing game, if you want to go value, I'm not really big on Gronkowski here because what I noticed is they really need his blocking skills. He's really good as a pass protector and a run blocker, and he's been so good at it that they've just had him do that the majority of the time. So I think that Cameron Brate's coming on strong as a receiving tight end, and uh, Green Bay's decent, but they, I think that that's another weapon with Antonio Brown down. I think the receiving tight end, which lately has been Cam and Bray, he could get more targets here. So if you wanted a low ownership punt type play, you could look at Cameron Bray here as well. So that's kind of what I'm looking at in the passing game there. So I'm mostly interested in Godwin, but if you're making multiple lineups, obviously you could throw some Mike Evans. I'm not really that interested in Brady because of the other quarterbacks involved in the matchups they're involved in what I'm looking at for the projection. And then it comes down to the Tampa Bay running game. I think Tampa Bay can run on Green Bay. Um, I think they have a pretty good threat of pass and run with Tampa Bay. And I think Tom Brady does a good job getting him into the right run plays at the right time. So I think Tampa Bay, I like their offensive line. I like their running game. Then it comes down to, are you looking at Fournette or Ronald Jones? Now, Fournette's looked a lot better lately. And he's obviously the pass catching back as well. Um, But Fournette's going to be a lot more expensive than Ronald Jones. And he's going to get a much higher ownership right so um so yeah you, you got to hope that if you're paying up for Fournette at the ownership that he does hit because you can make the argument to fade Fournette and go to Ronald Jones as a pivot get him at lower ownership and a lower price and if Ronald Jones a little bit touchdown dependent obviously probably not going to catch any passes but I could see Ronald Jones even though he's a little banged up I could see him busting off like a 20 or 30 yard touchdown or getting a couple goal line carries because he's also you know a pretty 
pretty big physical athlete, but Fournette's also, it's not like he's small either, right? So that's the only dilemma there is if you play Fournette at high ownership and Ronald Jones gets a touchdown, that's going to really hurt you. But if you play Ronald Jones, it's much higher risk, more GP plea, and he gets the touchdown, you have leverage on all those Fournette lineups, which will probably be like, you know, 50% plus. So that's the, the, the dilemma there. I know you're, uh, not to give it away, I know you're leaning one way there in that. So so what do you think about this Tampa Bay offense here? <laughs> yeah, well, I, I am leaning Fournette. And it's kind of funny because this reminds me of the discussion we've had about the Baltimore running backs recently with Dobbins and Edwards. And very similar with Dobbins, more expensive, uh, but Edwards getting carries. And, you know, know, in in the recent weeks, you were kind of leaning Dobbins. I was leaning Edwards on the savings and hoping that Edwards would get the TD. And then all of a sudden you've got a you've got a steal there. So it, it is similar here. I mean, their, their pricing is a little bit closer on DraftKings. There's more of a gap on FanDuel. So you're right. I mean, if Jones gets the touchdown, then Fournette's in trouble. Um, but, but I, you know, seeing Jones come up lame there in that, in that last round, um, you know, I'm just a little bit concerned about his health. Uh, so I, I'm leaning Fournette here. Uh, and he's probably my favorite target on, on Tampa Bay. I mean, I was all over Akers last week, and he looked great, five yards of carry. And I, I think uh, I think this is the way that Tampa, you know, the old classic, let's run it, let's run the clock, let's keep it out of Rodgers' hands. And like you said, Green Bay has been really tough against the pass, uh, which is it's kind of surprising to me. They've only given up one 300-yard passing game all season. And that was Deshaun Watson in that shootout, and he barely got over 300. So I yeah, I agree. I'm not, I'm not on Tom Brady this week, and it's more of a – uh, you know, one-off with uh, the pass catchers. Godwin is my favorite as well for the reasons you mentioned. Uh, you look at what um, Woods did last week, you know, especially in PPR, 8 for 48. I think Godwin can do something similar. Maybe not quite that many catches, but I could see him going for 6 six for 60 in a touchdown. And I just have a little bit more faith in him. Um, and Evans, like you said, I think that'll be an interesting little cat and mouse game because he's he lines up pretty evenly in terms of left, right in the slot. And so what will happen this week? Where do they put him? Uh, does Alexander come and, and try to uh, shadow him? But I, I think it is safest to go with Godwin. And then the tight ends, you know, in, in the last couple of weeks, Brait really has been more consistent. He's got the much better floor than Gronk. But I'm a little hesitant to go there. You know, if I had to play one tight end for Tampa, I'm going to go Gronk here probably. Just because a trip to the Super Bowl is on the line, Brady and Gronk have done it so many times, and Gronk has still been getting end zone targets. And you know, we've said on recent podcasts that he is kind of more touchdown dependent for his upside, but he's the one really getting more targets there than than Brady. So, if you're looking for a cheaper tight end here with more upside, I think you want to go Gronk. You know, if you're just trying to go for a, a decent floor, you you could look at Brady. But, you know, there's there's a couple other price tags I like for for tight ends a little bit better than break. Uh, over on the Green Bay side, uh, Shane, looking like probably a little bit better situation for Rodgers in terms of throwing the ball than Brady here. Would you agree with that? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm loving the situation for Aaron Rodgers because he's he's been the most efficient quarterback all year. I mean, he's had a passer rating over 120 
you know, he's had a completion percentage of like 70%, you know, uh, I mean, he's just been absolutely on fire all year. So he's been the most efficient, really the best overall quarterback. And he hasn't, they've been really balanced, you know, they can run the ball and pass the ball. So they haven't had to just sling the ball because their defense has been good. But in this type of matchup, you got the, you got the number one DVOA Buccaneers run defense there. Buccaneers run defense then gets Vita Vea back, who's a big run stuff and D tackle in there. So they're really tough to run the ball on, and Green Bay knows that. Green Bay will exploit matchups elsewhere. Um, so because of that, we're looking at high volume for Aaron Rodgers, and I think that the Bucks. Uh, I don't think the Bucks secondary matches up that great. You know, I think that you know a lot of people talked about how the Bucks did good against you know. Michael Thomas last week, but then, you know, shut down Michael Thomas. But then we hear Michael Thomas has been injured all week. Drew Brees looks basically done. And, you know, so it's not the same thing comparing this Aaron Rodgers to Devontae Adams, which is probably the number one duo in the league right now, if not of all time. And you're, you're trying to, I don't think anyone can cover Devontae Adams is the, that's kind of what I'm trying to say here. So, uh, so I don't think Carlton or Dean or these guys can cover him because those are like big physical corners, those Buccaneers guys. So like against like a, a, a slant, like physical Michael Thomas type guy who's injured, you can stop him. But, you know, the release that uh, Devontae Adams has and his footwork and his route running and his quickness and his connection with Aaron Rodgers is like, you know, next world level, right? So he's uncoverable. So when you have a bigger physical corner, he's not going to be able to keep up with Devontae Adams. Now, interesting, Devontae Adams had a subpar game last time out against them. What was it? You probably had the stats. Was it five six or six for 61? Catches? Yeah, subpar game, right? But then you look, Devontae Adams was injured right before that. It was his first game back getting in the full swing of things. So he wasn't his full self in terms of probably his quickness and his connection with Rodgers there. So now if you look at just the route running and everything, this is, a, this is I think, a good matchup for Devontae Adams in a, in, with a wide receiver that's uh, that's uncoverable, I think. And then, again, going back to Aaron Rodgers, I think it's going to be a high-volume, high-efficiency uh, attack. And uh, I think he's going to be able to light them up pretty good. So this should be a pretty high-scoring affair. Um, so I, I do love Rodgers here, and I think he's way too cheap uh, on DraftKings at 6500 On FanDuel, the, those top three guys are a little bit more you know, bundled up together in pricing. So you don't, it's not as a, uh, big a discrepancy in pricing, but on DraftKings, Aaron Rodgers is way underpriced. Um, and then, um, so obviously you would pair him with Devontae Adams. Now the other guys get a little more risky. Alan Lazard came back, had a strong game last week, but that also makes his ownership really high. People are going to be chasing that Lazard game now. And Lazard's getting the most snap share. So he is going to be the most reliable target. So I do like Lazard. From there, it's interesting, though, that, uh, you know, Marquez Valdez-Scantling is one of the best deep shot receivers when he actually catches the ball. So he's the ultimate DFS, you know, GPP play, because if he does catch a couple of those deep passes, he's going to hit you a big with a big game. But I also notice he's been splitting snaps with Equinemius St. Brown as well. So when he's splitting some snaps, he's not out there as much, but he did have eight targets last week. So... So I would say if you're taking a GPP shot and you want to connect it, you know, Marcus Valdez-Scantling, I think, is the best guy outside of Adams and Lazard. And I think you can stack multiple receivers with uh, Rodgers in this game because of the high volume that they're going to have in the passing attack. Um, and then, of course, you have Tungin, who, who uh, also looks like he's in a pretty good spot here for to get a lot of work in the passing game, and he's super cheap as well. Um, so Tungin is looking like a good play. 
And I initially wasn't sure about Aaron Jones for obvious reasons. By far one of the best run defenses in the league, if not the best, especially with Vita Vea back. But when you look at Aaron Jones, he's he's a pretty good receiving back. I think that they will game plan to get him more involved and basically line him up as a wide receiver more and still uh, give him passes out of the backfield. Um, Tampa Bay is not good. Uh, their linebackers are not good in coverage against uh, running backs and Aaron Jones is a mismatch. He's just way too quick and way, way too fast. So they're going to look to get Aaron Jones on those linebackers, even though Tampa Bay's linebackers are really good. Like Devin white, they're ranked among the worst for pass coverage. So they're really weak. They've given up a ton of passes this year. One of the worst in the league for giving up uh, passes to running backs. So that's where Aaron Jones can get the job done. He can, I think get uh, actually good volume here. So I look for a potential of six to eight catches um, and, you know, pretty good yardage and potentially receiving touchdowns here. And then he just gets a little bit of work in the running game, maybe breaks one long one or gets one goal line carry. You know what I mean? So that's where Aaron Jones can get it here. But I know that a lot of people aren't wanting to pay up that much for him. But I think I think he can get it done here. He's obviously the most talented probably running back on this slate. And even though it's a tough matchup, you might get him at a little bit lower ownership. Uh, but I think he's going to get it done in the receiving game here. So you, you can pair him with Rodgers, almost like he's a wide receiver, and invest in the, that Green Bay offense here. So that's kind of where I'm at. I'm, I'm pretty he- I'm pretty high on this Green Bay offense in this matchup, especially the passing attack. Yeah, I'm, I'm high on this offense as well. And it feels a little bit funny because they got absolutely smoked when they played in the regular season. It was 38-10. to 10. And Yeah. You know, it was it was Rogers' worst game of the season, only 160 yards, two two interceptions, including a pick six. But uh, there there were some differences, like you said. Adams wasn't 100 percent. Lazard didn't even play that game. I was going to say I don't think Lazard played. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say that. Yeah. So yep, exactly. I, you know, in Green Bay's, they're obviously just absolutely rolling, and they l- learned a lot about themselves that game, and they know that they got to bring their A game. So they're you know they're awake and ready to go, um, and I just love how that that passing game is rolling. You know, Rodgers again last week almost 300 yards, two more passing touchdowns, even ran one in. So he he's just rolling here, getting to play at home. So I'm I'm gonna pair up Rodgers and and Adams in most of my lineups, and I like Tunyon as well. It's the 10th best matchup for tight ends, Tampa Bay. The one thing I'm a little concerned about with Tunyon is that his volume's down a little bit. You know, towards the middle of the season, second half, he was getting at least five targets a week, piling up those touchdowns. And lately, he's been getting more like three or four. So it it just hasn't been high volume. But I think they give him a couple more here. And uh, I think he can easily pay off what's a really reasonable price tag on both sites. And he's way cheaper than Kelsey. And this, this is a slate where I think you can go two tight ends again. And he's certainly in the mix for me. Um... With Jones, I mean, I think you make a great point. If they game plan that way, Jones could be a good GPP play if he's going to catch several passes. I don't I don't want to play him, though. I mean, this is the number one rushing defense in terms of yardage allowed, number two in terms of fantasy points allowed, and he's just that much more expensive than really the rest of the running back. So I'd rather pay up with the pass catchers on this slate and pay down a little bit with the running backs. But I, I, you know, and, and that, and for the reason that in that all, I agree with all that, but that's why I want to play him. 
you know, I always say if you're just looking at the DraftKings board here and you see he's the most expensive guy and you're and it's hard to fit him in there with you're trying to pay up. And then you see opponents rank red first, which is the absolute worst matchup, right? I mean, that that does affect ownership. People are gonna run from that for good reason. But I don't think they're accounting he could be heavily involved in the passing game there. Uh, and make some huge plays here. So, but no, I, but I also agree with your point. I mean, it's a, it's a brutal matchup and, you know, they, he might not be able to get it going, but I mean, he, he's, he's, he's a weapon for them, you know, and he's a mismatch. So I think that he could get it done. And if he has a breakout game, you know, especially in the full PPR site, that could create a huge edge for you because it, 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 it he could come in at pretty low ownership here. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, the, the other problem there is AJ Dillon's getting involved too. He's getting some carries. And so yeah. the volume isn't quite there. Um, so it's, it's a tough one. Uh, but that's yeah. why um, there are thousands of lineups in these contests. And you never yeah. know what the right mix is going to be. So uh, that's, exactly. why we, that's why we love it. Now, before we get to game two, Shane, uh, we want to present this offer to you from betus.com.pa. It's tremendous. If you're into sports betting, check this out. Listen up, sports bettors. It's go time, so put down the beer and make every sporting event more exciting by putting stakes on the line. Earn bragging rights over friends as you rake in the cash from each week's betting action, but don't settle for any other book. Choose America's favorite sports book with over 25 trusted years in the industry. You need a sports book with integrity and longevity, and most importantly, a sports book that pays. BetUS has your game with action on football, baseball, and basketball, MMA, golf, horses, and even esports. No other sportsbook welcomes newcomers like BetUS with their jaw-dropping sign-up bonuses. Now we have the best book in the industry teamed up with the best DFS provider in the industry. Make your first deposit of $149 at BetUS.com.pa with promo code COACHTALK and receive a free membership with DFS Coach Talk with full access to our DFS lineups in NBA, NFL, PGA, and MLB. The best in the biz. Sign up today to make straight bets, future bets, prop bets, entertainment bets, live bets, and more. No other sportsbook in the industry is committed to their users like BetUS. So sign up now and get on the winning side of the ball. Welcome back, and thank you to BetUS for extending that offer to our listeners. Again, use the promo code COACHTALK, and you have to be a, uh, somebody making your first-time deposit at betus.com.pa. And again, the, tre- the tremendous aspect of this offer is that you get to make that deposit of 149 Use it for your sports wagering purposes. But you also get a free membership with us all the way until April 1st. So you get all of our lineups in all of our sports. So you get to be with us for the rest of the NFL season with the Super Bowl. And then you get our daily NBA lineups. And we give out full lineups on FanDuel. Cash lineup, a GPP lineup, and then the DraftKings coaches clipboard on DraftKings. And then full Yahoo lineups as well. So jump in with us. We'd love to have you. If you have any questions, reach out to us on Twitter at DFS Coach Talk. All right, Shane, game two, which is scheduled to kick off at 640. And this one, again, will be an arrowhead as the Chiefs, as the number one seed, play host to the number two seed in the AFC, the Bills. And this is another rematch game. These teams played in week six. Kansas City won that one 26-17 in Buffalo. And it was a rain game, so it was a little bit of a different scenario in terms of conditions. There's a lot of running that day, and uh, we'll get your take on if that will repeat. But first, the injury news on the Bills' side. Moss, of course, is out. 
And then Gabriel Davis is questionable with an ankle injury. We are recording this late on Saturday night, so uh, we're not sure about his availability right now. But they have made Kenny Stills active, uh, so there's a chance Stills will be in, Davis will be out. And as of right now, Stills is not on the slate on DraftKings or FanDuel, so keep that in mind. On the Chiefs side, our, our man Mahomes here, coming back, of course, from the concussion and the toe injury that you, that you mentioned. So he's a little bit less than 100% for sure. you got to figure with that toe issue. CEH, questionable uh, with the hip, but he's been practicing this week, so we expect him to play. We expect Le'Veon Bell to be out. Uh, he's listed as questionable, but he hasn't been practicing here recently. And then good old Sammy Watkins, uh, questionable with the calf, but he may just show up here and, and look for another Super Bowl run. So, Shane, uh, with that injury news, take us through game two here, with, uh, starting with the Bills side. Yeah, this is looking uh, pretty pretty nice uh, matchups on both sides here and really high scoring. And, yeah, I think that you can run against these teams, but when you have such a great passing attack like, like the Bills and Chiefs do, why run the ball, right? But uh, that could be part of the game plan, though. Uh, but, yeah, on the Bills side here, you know, I, I like going back to Josh Allen. I've been a pretty pretty high on Josh Allen, uh, you know, lately, and he hasn't had any monster games lately. But that, you know, the Baltimore defense, as we discussed last week, it, it's a it's a tough defense. I think they played him pretty well and limited his upside there. Um, but I think that you know, I think that the Chiefs here, he can exploit them a little bit more. They're 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 pretty decent at pass D. I mean, the Chiefs pass D is like twelfth DVOA. I mean, they're they're decent, but I think that Josh Allen can run around and definitely cause some problems for them. Um, you know, so I look for a bounce back spot here um, for for Josh Allen. And I think the the thing that makes me feel a little better about him is the the rushing yards here. Um, so he didn't really run much last week, but if you look at like the wild card week uh, against Indianapolis, 11 attempts for 54 yards and a touchdown. So I think he can have a similar performance. It's everything's on the line. It's the AFC championship, right? To go to the Super Bowl. So Josh Allen is a big, you know, pretty athletic guy is going to get out and run a little bit more here. And, you know, I always just joke, you know, who's the best goal line back for the bills and it's Josh Allen, you know, the best running back for the bills. So, because of that rushing upside and the other guys on the slate, you know, I don't look at Mahomes as having much rushing upside, especially if he has a hurt toe. Um, obviously, the other guys aren't going to, you know, Brady's not going to run and, and Rodgers doesn't really need to, right? So my point is, Josh Allen, when you combine the rushing upside and the big playability in the passing game, the ability to avoid the rush and make big plays off script, he has, you know, great wide receivers. I think that Josh Allen could have a high ceiling game here, and you're going to get him at a discount compared to Mahomes here. Um, so I think that because of the rushing ability, I like the value a little bit more, even though Mahomes is great, obviously. Um, so I like Josh Allen here, and then obviously Diggs is, has been phenomenal. Probably, you know, him and Devontae Adams, obviously on the slate, the best wide receivers all year. And Diggs' price doesn't really hasn't really went up that much. It's still pretty stable, like 7000 on DraftKings. And even 8,300 on Fandle, I just think it's still mispriced. Um, the Chiefs are pretty good against outside receivers. The, the Chiefs will mix up. They'll run some zone. You know, they're pretty tough on coverage. But Diggs has just been able to beat every type of coverage all year consistently. And you have – he can get open on broken plays and make huge plays. And his run after the catch ability is great as well. So 
I like Diggs here, his chemistry with Allen. If you think Allen's having a huge game, then you like Diggs too, which I do. Um, and then you get into the secondary guys. Now, here's what I think is going to happen. John Brown, who's a guy that I've been on, finally had he had a decent game. He's their deep threat. Um, but I think the Kansas City wide receivers are decent at limiting those big plays on the outside. So people will go after John Brown because he's a huge like, kind of boomer bust type play. He's their deep shot guy, and I think he will make some plays. But the guy that I kind of like is, is Beasley here. Because Beasley, I like how he came off. I believe he had zero catches last week, if I remember right. Um, and I like that fat, he's coming off that big, fat goose egg and he's been injured. Because Beasley's the type of guy that comes out of nowhere and catches like eight or nine balls, you know. And he's just sneaky in the slot. And, he, you know, I think it's a pretty good matchup inside. I'd rather attack their slot than attack their outside corners, their outside coverage. So I think Beasley, in, in a game where they really need him to be able to move the chains, um, if they try to focus coverage more on the outside guys, I, I like Beasley here for a bounce back spot. And my point is you're going to get a little bit lower ownership compared to John Brown for your value stacks, you know, in this game. If, you know, if you're playing Mahomes, you can bring back one of these value guys like Beasley, um, for example. So I like Beasley here to have a bounce back game. And then if you want to punt again on the tight end position, Dawson Knox is interesting to me at 4,700 on FanDuel and then 2,800 on DK. It doesn't take much to pay that off. And if you think about it, Kansas City's athletic, their linebackers are not athletic. They're not really good at covering tight ends. And Buffalo knows that. So Buffalo could scheme several plays and actually target Dawson Knox, who's a big athletic guy, kind of like they did with uh, David and Joku last, last week for the Cleveland Browns. He had a pretty big game, made some big plays as a big athletic tight end. So Dawson Knox, even though the, the Bills haven't used the tight end much this year, they could certainly use it in this game. And he's so cheap that if he gets like, you know, five or six targets, he could pay that off easily. So he's your punt play guy and GPPs here. And then of course the, the running back, I mean, it's pretty much the Devin Singletary show. Now I know the bills don't really run the ball much and they're not really good at running the ball, but he's going to be on the field like most of the time. And he is a quick little playmaker. And I think that he should be able to, especially if they're playing from behind, he should be able to get some work done in the receiving game here. So for that, for those reasons, again, I like Singletary here. And if you think about Singletary last week, yeah, he didn't produce big, but he was going up against that Buffalo front. It was really stout against the run. I think they can get a little bit more running room against Kansas City here. And I think they can get mismatch on those slow linebackers for Kansas City in the passing game. So I like Singletary for another, another pretty big performance just because I know he's the guy and he is kind of a playmaker. So even though they don't use the running back a lot, it, it, it's only he's going to get all the touches pretty much in the passing and running game. So I like Singletary. Um, so as you can see, I'm, I'm pretty high on this Buffalo offense. You know, I'm pretty, I think, pretty high on this game in general. Okay, yeah. So uh, for me, um I, a similar viewpoint on the passing attack here with Diggs. It's just week after week, you cannot you can't shut him down. He just finds yeah. a way. He's got huge volume. He was good against them in the regular season matchup, even though Allen was low volume and low yardage, you know, six for forty six with a touchdown for Diggs. He just gets it done all the time. And, you know, they're gonna keep feeding him here in the playoffs with a trip to the Super Bowl on the line. And I like your call with Beasley. Like you said, after the goose egg, sounds like he's a lot healthier this week than last week, and he needs to be healthy. Uh, you know, he's banged up with a limited knee. Uh, that kind of cuts him in half with his potential. So um, Beasley makes sense here. You can save some money with him. Uh, Knox, 
the the punt play um you know that that's just a tough one because it is a great matchup you can beat KC with the tight ends but they just don't use it much so you got to yeah. hope that they really make it a point to do that and and game script some plays for him and Singletary you know I mean last week was a perfect example of how you see a game plan where they just did not want to even try to run against Baltimore which was smart yeah their strength is passing the ball and they didn't want to try to run against that. And they didn't, you know, Singletary only got seven carries and I think it was what one before halftime. So they weren't trying to run it, but they very well will try more to run it here. And so he's playable to me. I'm not thrilled about him, you know, really in large part because he doesn't have much touchdown upside. Like you said, you know, Allen is the the goal line back. Singletary only has two rushing touchdowns all season. Uh, despite it's having gonna only... happen, it's going to happen eventually. Yeah, right. Well, <laughs> that's my Singletary I mean, take. Hopefully. Guy to have seven over seven hundred yards rushing and only two touchdowns on the ground. That's just not good. So, yeah, um, it, it's just tough to to really think about uh, a ceiling game from Singletary. So, uh, I'm not expecting that. Let's shift over to the Kansas City side. Um, what are your what are your thoughts here with the Chiefs? Uh, is is it is it going to be Mahomes and Watkins again with uh, the playoff success? Are you looking more at one of these studs with Hill or Kelsey? Yeah, I mean, I I think you, it's it's hard to fade both Hill and Kelsey, you know, and that's that's going to be the tough decision here. Uh, Mahomes is interesting because you know, how's his toe? Is he going to be like mobile enough to move around? Does that affect his mechanics and his footwork? I think Mahomes is still going to be okay here. I think he's going to be going to get quite a bit of volume. I think that, yeah, Kansas City is probably going to run the ball more, but they're still going to have to keep up and both these teams have a high powered offense. I think that if you look at the Buffalo Bills, I think they're a pretty good pass defense. But if you look at them over the last, like towards the end of the regular season and the, and the playoffs, they haven't played a really good passing attack. You know, they had to go up against what, like Phillip Rivers and Lamar Jackson. Both of those guys are not really that great in terms of passing quarterbacks. Okay, at this point. Um, and then they went against, you know, Miami in week 17. They went up against New England, who quarterbacks struggled the week for that Denver. So it's been a while since they faced a good quarterback is my point there. And they're about to see a good quarterback here. So I think that's the, that's the thing is that I th- I like the Bills defense. I think they're pretty solid, but I just don't I don't think anyone can stop the Kansas City offense is the problem. So so I think you can uh, go. I think Mahomes is in full play here. It's just some of these other guys, like we talked about Aaron Rodgers and, you know, is in a good spot for way cheaper. Um, and then the Josh Allen, I talked about the rushing attack. So that's the only reason, you know, that I, that I'm not, uh, I like some of those other guys just slightly over Mahomes. but these, you know, Mahomes is there though. And he obviously has a huge ceiling and he can absolutely just light these guys up. Um, but yeah, I would, I would, I would pair him with, uh, you know, Hill or Kelsey, um, depending on what you want to do there. Obviously, if you get Kelsey, you know, he's been a monster this year and you have that advantage at the tight end position, but then you can't pay up on all these expensive wide receivers once you do that, though. That's the problem. So that's a decision you have to make. Um, but yeah, I, I think Sammy Watkins is going to be popular because his price is 3800 on DraftKings and with him in full play and people know that he performs well. 
in the playoffs, and he's going to probably get the most snap shares, you know, right out of his injury as long as he's healthy. It's just that question mark, like how healthy is he, you know? So I think he's going to warrant ownership because they're going to see that cheap price. And then there's, you know, Miko Hardman. We don't know if he's splitting time or what his snap share is going to be with Watkins back in the mix. So that's the tricky part there. Um, and then uh, the running backs, again, this is a tough call here. Um, I, I am leaning more towards uh, CEH, Clyde edwards Lair this week, just because I feel like he's going to come back and get get a, a pretty good workload. I think that he could get, you know, 15 to 18 touches here, where I think Daryl Williams is going to be, be more of that, like, 8 to 10 touch type guy uh, as a change of pace. So I think that they will try to run the ball because you can run it on Buffalo just to kind of help protect Mahomes and, and, and have some uh, good balance in the offense. And uh, and I think you can exploit Buffalo's run defense here. So, yeah, so I look for CEH to have a, a, a have a bounce back game. I know he had a good game against him last time out um, earlier in the year. But so I think that he's he's my best play for the running back here uh, for for the Kansas City. I know it makes you a little nervous with him coming back, but I mean, I think he should be able to get a full workload. He's got if they win the game and go to the Super Bowl, he's got plenty of time to rest. Then after that, two weeks. Right. So that's that's where I'm at with Kansas City. So obviously I love them just as much as you always love Kansas City's offense, but there's a lot of good plays on this slate, right? <laughs> so Yeah, there are. And it you're you're right. I mean, it's a tough call with that backfield because you figure it's a decent chance Kansas City's going to be playing with a lead. It's a good matchup on paper. They had great success against the Bills in that regular season matchup. A CEH 26 carries for 161. And Darrell Williams still had room for six carries and a touchdown. And it was it was that rain game. I think there was more running in that game because of the weather and, and the wind. And so we, I don't think I, I, I'd i be shocked if we got CEH have over 20 carries again. But, yeah. um, you know, I think this is an important area of this slate to really think about. And the, the challenging thing is, you know, when CEH – was questionable in that Denver game, and then he's active, and then he doesn't play. It's it is a gamble. Uh, we don't know who's going to get how many touches. Uh, last week, I felt really strongly that Daryl Williams was the play over Le'Veon Bell, and he was. But I don't feel as strongly this week with these two guys. You know, Ceh, younger, uh, t- very talented. They spent a lot of draft capital on him. They they saw a lot in him, and you know he's shown great upside. So, uh, you know I think it could go either way. Um, I would lean more towards a split. I think, um, if anything, you know if if I if I can only use one lineup and and pick one of them, I would probably go with Daryl Williams. And one of the reasons is he's two hundred dollars cheaper on both sites, and I've made a couple lineups where I need that extra two hundred dollars. So. That that's a factor for me as well, but I, I wouldn't be surprised uh, if Ceh outtouched him and and had a, a had a bigger game. Uh, it's just it's just a risky situation. That's the bottom line. You got to know that going in. With the uh, the pass catchers, I'm I'm leaning a little bit more here with Kelsey over Hill. You know, this is a great matchup here with tight ends against the Bills. We saw the Colts have a lot of success in that first round playoff loss. And, you know, Kelsey was terrific against him in the regular season, two touchdowns. So I'm I'm leaning Kelsey here a little bit, but I do think Hill could surprise because you can beat the Bills in the slot. 
uh, and he's just got that massive ceiling uh, in a heartbeat. You know, he's had some monster games this year. So I, I'll probably go with one of those guys in most of my lineups. And and then maybe a, maybe a second uh, Kansas City receiver. Uh, I don't think you need to do that, especially if you go with one of the running backs. But it, it's kind of fun to play around with it because, um, you know, there's uh, you're going to have to make a decision where, you, you know, one of those guys is an option that you could look at. And, uh, you know, with Mahomes, I think with Mahomes, the, the other point I want to make here with this offense is that he's feeling a little bit more like a GPP option to me this week. You know, in general on this slate, I feel pretty good about Rodgers. Uh, and then Mahomes, you know, with the toe, with the concussion, uh, with the good, you know, running back matchup here, I think he will be lower owned. But, you know, he could come out and throw for 350 and three and just oh, yeah. explode. So I, I like I'm going to have to make a couple lineups with with Mahomes in a GPP setting. Yeah, and I mean, you never know when you, you could go for yeah, three, three, three hundred plus, and you know, th- four touchdowns easily. Yeah, and then and you never know when Tyreek Hill's going to get that monster game either. So, right. I mean, a lot of people were thinking, you know, Tyreek Hill's going to be, you know, shut down by Tre'Davious White, who's a great corner. But I mean, Tyreek Hill moves all over the formations, mostly in the slot, so he he avoids a lot of that Tre'Davious White matchup. So. You know, so I think that that's where that's where it's just you can't you can't cover them. They're too creative and he's just too fast. And, you know, so, yeah, Kelsey's more safe, but Tyreek Hill's more upside here. I mean, obviously Kelsey has upside, but he's, you know, not quite, you know, he's not going to break off, you know, 60, 70 yard touchdown in most cases, you know. so Right. You're not going to get 269 and three out of him. Like, yeah. Like yeah. And like one and half or whatever. It was. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. yeah. So. Oh, man, that was phenomenal. So, man, it's going to be a great Sunday. Um, if you have any questions, reach out to us on Twitter. We're at DFS Coach Talk. You can find Shane at DET Sports Shane. I'm at Language Olympic. And the coach is available at J O E S A R V A D I. Uh, wherever you're listening, we'd love a thumbs up, five star review. This is a, a free podcast. We'll have another one for you for the Super Bowl. And then on YouTube, make sure to hit the subscribe button. And, and the like, we'd appreciate that. We've got seven-day-a-week NBA podcasts out right now. So make sure to tune into those. Hit the alert button so you know when those post. It's usually right around 1 or 2 o'clock Eastern. So just after lunchtime, give you plenty of time to get a, a early build on the, on the NBA slate every night. So uh, we invite you to, to join us there. Shane, any final thoughts here? No, I would say just enjoy Championship Sunday. I mean, like I said, I don't take this for granted. I think just the matchups and what's at stake here. This is some of the greatest, you know, football to watch, you know. And, you know, we've waited all year for this, and we made it here, and uh, we're excited. We It's going it, to – combining it with the DFS lineups and then what's at stake with these matchups, this is going to be fun. Can't wait. So um, yeah. love to have you join us for the lineups. Um, if you're not into the sports betting, by the way – and you want to get the full lineups from us on FanDuel, just go to our website, dfscoachtalk.com, and sign up for a membership there. We'll send you an email, get you into our Discord, and uh, we're growing every week, so we'd love to have you join the mix with us. All right, great work, Shane. We'll wrap it up here and look forward to seeing everybody uh, prior to the Super Bowl. So on behalf of Shane Caldwell and the rest of the DFS Coach Talk team, I'm Andrew Hansen. 
We'll see you next time as we look to crush it in DFS.